Welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. I'm John Williamson, the host of the podcast and founder of K-12 Food Rescue, an organization founded in 2007, committed to empowering people to lead the food is not trash movement in their school districts. Today, I'm joined by Trisha Bougelet, a K-12 Food Rescue advocate and student at Cornell University. So Trisha, welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. Thank you so much, John, for having me on the podcast. I'm so grateful to be a part of this in even the smallest of ways and excited to talk a little bit about my experiences. Awesome. So, Trisha, you know, I'm so looking forward to sharing your story with our audience. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then maybe a little bit about the things you've developed a passion for, you know, maybe as a student, you know, when you were in high school in Texas to now at Cornell in New York? Yeah, of course. So, I grew up in Texas and I did my K through 12 education there. Um, while I was in high school, I actually developed an interest in writing and art and environmental issues and decided that those were all things that I wanted to pursue in the future. And so I was feeling very ambitious in my senior year and I ended up applying to Cornell to study environment and sustainability. And that's what I'm doing right now here in my second year of undergrad. So in terms of my passions, I'm I'm interested in a lot of things. Um, ever since starting undergrad, I've become increasingly curious about the ways to make scientific information more accessible to the public so that people can really understand why environmental issues like, like food waste are such a concern. Um, here at Cornell, I do research on climate change and wildlife conservation, but I'm also very invested in understanding how food systems work and the flaws within food systems. Um, That's something I started thinking about in high school and something I work on heavily in the present as well. I actually helped run a student-run grocery store that I wanted to give a shout out to. Um, It's called Annabelle's Grocery. It's here at Cornell, Mm -hmm. and it's housed within the Center for Transformative Action. So we aim to provide fresh and affordable and nutritious food to all students here. And one of our main goals is actually to minimize waste and to divert all food waste from landfills. So even though I'm not in high school anymore, I've been I've been trying to um, continue to act on those interests in waste minimization. Very cool. So you know, out of those passions, you know, I want to share with our audience how we connected. You know, I get Google alerts on the subject of school food waste and food rescue and that kind of thing. And I came to this across an article that you wrote on the subject, and before we discuss that article, you know, what actually caused you to be interested in school food waste specifically when you were in Texas as a high school student? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I I think my interest in food waste minimization honestly started in elementary school, mm. but I didn't really act on it until I was a bit older. Mm-hmm. So, when I was a kid, I noticed that, you know, lunch lines would serve all of the food groups and students would throw away half the food on their plates at the end. Um I actually had the coolest teacher in 5th grade. Every morning after breakfast, um, our school served us all breakfast. She would encourage us to put our uneaten and untouched items on a table in our classroom rather than in the trash can so that that food could be eaten as an afternoon snack or taken home by students at the end of the day. Um, And that's where I really began to learn about the small steps that can be taken to minimize food waste. And that's also what sort of piqued my curiosity about larger scale changes. Um, As I progressed through through middle school and through high school, I started to make more and more observations about, you know, the kinds of policies and the behaviors that really drive food waste and food loss. Mm -hmm. My former school district is the Louisville Independent School District, or LISD. And 
They follow what's called the offer versus serve provision of the National School Lunch Program. So that means, you know, students are offered like grains and meat and fruits and vegetables and milk. And I believe they have to pick at least three of those things and get at least three of those things on their plates. Mm -hmm. So a lot of students who, you know, they may not want all three of those things. They feel forced to take all three because they have to. And then they'll just eat one or two and throw away the last, the third thing. And then on top of that, there's also the issue of people not being able to finish all the food on their plates and just throwing the excess away. So that was that was something that I'd noticed a lot as well in in school. And so as I began to research the environmental impacts of food waste and, you know, the contributions of food waste to greenhouse gas emissions and climate change, I realized the extent to which it's a problem on on a global scale. And I wanted to try to do something to address that on a more local scale. That's just incredible that you have this elementary school teacher, you know, that just has this impact on you. I love that. I'm a former elementary school teacher myself. So I just love that I can hear a story from somebody who's, you know, in college and can look back and see the impact of of somebody that uh, kind of just allowed them to see something, you know. And uh, so you see, so we all have these things that bug us from time to time, right? You know, not but not everybody tries right. to do something about it. Can you share with me and kind of our audience? You know, once you kind of learned about it, go back to that elementary, and then all of a sudden you're in high school and you actually did something. Why don't you share with our audience what you did? Yeah, so this is something you you already know a little bit about, John, but um, I wrote an open letter to my school district school board at the end of my senior year of high school. Um, So just a couple months before graduating, actually. And I was detailing some of these things that I had noticed in terms of food waste on our campuses. And I was proposing a few solutions to mitigate that waste. So some of the things that I proposed included, for example, um, extending the timing of lunches by 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. because that was something that I read about online, where studies have shown that, you know, even just 10 minutes longer, having 10 more minutes to eat lunch can reduce food waste by up to like a third. Um, And even I was proposing, for example, offering sliced fruit instead of whole fruit because sliced fruit is less wasted. And apparently it's even perceived as easier to eat based on psychological experiments. Mm -hmm. So I ended up compiling all of those suggestions and all of those comments into an email and sending that out to our board. And then I also ended up posting that email on my website the sentimental environmentalist. It's a it's a blog that I run um, just for fun and just to communicate environmental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I because I wanted this letter to be publicly accessible to anyone on the internet who wanted to read it, um, like you. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and our our district has over sixty elementary, middle, and high schools combined. So wow. I knew That's that there good. was, and I think still is, huge potential to expand awareness of food waste among students there and also just reduce some of those environmental impacts as well well that's very exciting and that's the positive part and now comes maybe the frustrating part can you tell our audience (laughs) what actually became of that letter was there anybody that responded did you get any response from that at all yeah, I mean, as you know, I did I did get some optimistic responses from members of our school board. I got responses from two people who thought my ideas were either interesting or worth sharing with our superintendent. But mm-hmm. I don't believe any tangible change actually resulted from that letter. I do agree that planting the seed is a necessary start to a longer movement for change, but I do I do wish something more had come out of that letter and I'm hoping to I'm hoping to do more with with this in the future. 
Yeah, some of the people that have had success, um, if, they, if it doesn't work with the superintendent or it doesn't work with the principal, you know, sometimes they'll try to find a green team within a school um, because green teams are just a logical, you know, group to be leading this effort. And I don't know how much you've looked at our website, Tricia, but you can't find my picture anywhere because nobody seems to listen to me. But when it's, <laughs> when a student says something, in your case, you maybe it was because you were going out the door, but sometimes even somebody younger than you, you know, when they bring it to their attention, it seems to to have a positive effect. So have you do, you do you know if there's any green schools in that school district or not, or green teams, or is that uh, not something that's kind of started yet at that point? Yeah, so I'm familiar with green teams, but I don't believe my elementary, middle, or high school had them, or and I don't think they have them currently either. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something I would love to see in the future. Yeah. So what about what about food waste audits? Have you heard about food waste audits in schools or ever ever? Um, you know, seen those on our website anywhere at all? Or Yes, I actually, I did see them on your website and I have heard of food waste audits. I think my understanding is that a food waste audit allows you to identify the quantity and the kinds of foods being thrown away to have more targeted solutions. I don't, I know that our school district didn't really do that, but that's something we're actually doing right now at Annabelle's Grocery at Cornell. So for example, rather than calculating the total mass of all our compost at the end of each week, uh-huh. we're hoping to actually quantify, you know, how much of specific food items like yogurt and wilted greens we're composting so that we can purchase less of them in the future from our vendors and prevent unnecessary waste. But if if K through 12 schools in my district were able to do something like that as well, that would be that would be huge. Yeah, I always, I always tell people, you know, there's two different kinds of food waste audits. There's the complete one where you're doing compost and weighing literally everything, even things that can't be you know, eaten again. They're just half-eaten sandwiches or half-eaten, you know, some green beans or whatever. But then there's the other one where you would just simply count the items that are that could be preserved that are unopened and unpeeled. And right. don't worry about donating them, you know, because, the, because food safety and the whole process is one of the daunting things that schools are you know, just hesitant to get involved with it because it just scares them, just taking a bite of it all at once. But, you know, what we have found is that if you go through that process of counting the food and just looking at it and even taking a picture of it and posting it somewhere, once the problem is no longer invisible and can be seen, it seems to get solved, you know, but, but it just, this is just such an invisible problem and the only people that had elementary teachers like yours (laughs) (laughs) tend to notice. So, um, that's one thing that, you know, as you move forward, you might be able to, you know, do that green team solution as well as uh food waste audits. But I'm, I'm curious, tell me, tell me as you've gone to Cornell and, you know, didn't get much response from the, from the Texas school district, what, what, what kinds of things are you doing currently, um, at Cornell? Yeah. So I, I feel like a lot of my time is spent like working at the grocery store. I, I love communicating with our vendors. We get food from local farmers and we get food from, local producers and growers and bakers. And we try to order food in a way that minimizes waste. Um, And we try to market our products to students to make sure that they're all sold before they get expired or moldy. And one of the things we really care about here is just making sure that we provide really affordable, nutritious food options for students. Mm -hmm. Um, We also do a lot of outreach with regards to composting. I, I served as a compost manager on campus last year. So I would basically collect compost from students who were living in my dorm Mm -hmm. and dispose of that compost appropriately at the end of each week. Um, 
So composting and working at the grocery store are two two things that I do a lot, do spend a lot of my time doing. Um, and then in terms of actually writing about food waste and doing outreach related to food waste, that's something that I've been trying to do through my website as well. And yeah. continuing to write blogs and articles on ways to, yeah, divert divert food waste. So when you graduate from Cornell, how, how many years do you graduate from Cornell? So I'm in my second year right now. So two and a half years left. Right. So in two and a half years, could you see yourself uh, doing something professionally uh, related to food waste in the in the future? Yeah, I, I'd love to pursue pursue that path. I think I've also done some research related to food waste and I'd, I'd love to go either down like a research route or even work for a nonprofit that's working in this space because I just think it's it's so unknown, but it's such a such a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, we were talking a little bit uh, before the podcast started about um, the Food Recovery Network, which is college students around the country rescuing food from restaurants in their local dining halls in the school. Is the, do you know if there's a Food Recovery Network chapter at Cornell? Or um, I believe there is, and I believe they're pretty active as well. I I haven't been able to engage with them too much, but that's also something that I would like to try to participate in if I have the time. Well, reading that article, and it uh, sounds like you're, you're involved in quite a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I tend to run busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you can be forgiven for not being able to do everything in the entire world. Oh, <laughs> uh, so as we wrap up today, what advice would you have for people that are maybe bugged by some issue of injustice? You know, I always talk about even if it's not food waste. You know, you know, you, you took you took a swing. You know, when you wrote that letter, what advice would you give to people? Yeah, this is this is a great question and one probably beyond my level of um, experience or expertise, you know, but I think that I think that acting on injustices can be a very difficult process, um, a process with more setbacks than wins. But I think I think the most important thing to remember is that change comes in increments and change takes time. Um, Setbacks can setbacks can, of course, be so frustrating and I've experienced very many myself, um, but the only way to have an impact is to keep pushing. So I guess if I had to give a piece of advice, it would be don't let the setbacks keep you from pursuing something that drives you or something that you're passionate about, because we can learn a lot from those difficult experiences, too. Um, That's a lesson that I think I continue to learn every day as well. Yeah, it's so true. Well, I just thank you so much, Tricia, for sharing uh, those thoughts and and just the article that you wrote and take it, taking your swing and, and just to encourage you in the future, don't stop taking swings because it's people like you who see these things and take an effort, take a, take a, take their shot that uh, changed the world. And I thank you for what you did. Yeah. Thank you for having me, John. This was great. No problem. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thank Bye. you.